0: Yes, ah, yes. How many of you recognise that music? Hands up. Oh, yes. You see, the younger people aren't going to. Who would like to say what it is? It is Indiana Jones. What a fab film, trilogy of films they are. Four. Is it four? They're really good. You know more than I do. I wanted to play that because welcome to the start of Advent, and our theme is treasure. And you know what? Indiana Jones was all about. Seeking treasure, going on incredible quests to find treasure. So Advent marks the start of our church community journey and our personal journeys to find treasure. So we are going on a quest this morning, all of us, just like Indiana Jones, just like Lara Croft, just like Mary Banks, and we're going to go in the shoes of many adventurers who've gone before us. It will link to Christmas, I promise. Now then, I've got some treasures that I brought with me this morning, things that represent treasures. So I'd like Mandy to come up. She's going to pick a treasure. I'd like uh, Sue, because I know you. Sorry, would you like to come up? And I can see Phil Miles sitting at the back. He's always up for a game. Come on, Phil. Woo! So what I've got here, guys, is a representation of some of my treasures apart from that one, which isn't my treasure, but I just thought I'd have it there. So I've got things like, you might treasure pets, or it might be education, hobbies, I've got my bicycle, could be football, clearly I've got the wolves, but you know, I'll leave that comment. It could be your partner, could be your children or your grandchildren, could be um, medals and success, it could be um, culture, you might really treasure your culture or traveling, so there's all sorts of things there. I'd like you to pick one each, which the kind of theme it is, what things on that table might be treasure that you'd like. You can pick whatever you like. Pick it up. Everything else might fall off, but off you go. Oh, oh. <laughs> Well, that's just rude. That's just rude. <laughs> Pick whatever you like, so. <laughs> Okay. Oh. Hang <laughs> on. Okay. We'll start there. Mandy, which one have you picked and why? Right. This is family. This is the boys okay. for me. So That would be your treasure. Yeah. So no, I could have picked that one, but you said husbands and family as well, so... Come on, you spiritual oik. Well, I was going to say, I like Scotland. <laughs> so. You're like, you're clicking whiskey for Scotland. Okay, well, and if you'd like to retrieve my wolf scarf, Phil, because I feel really upset about that. Oh. <laughs> you see, I know. Thank, thank, you, thank you very much, guys. You, c- you can sit down. I know if Andre Massey had been here, he might have picked this one. And, you know, some decent people would indeed pick that one. So I'm going to leave it just there, I think. So some people can take offence, all service. So, do you know what? I'm going to read now from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. And you can just follow along or read it. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, have been seekers of treasure, along with Indiana Jones and Lara Croft and myself, and we're going to kind of mix it all up this morning. But you know, seeking treasure is a fantastic story genre. There is always a trigger that sets off a treasure hunt. It normally involves stories of finding things of immense value, that have awesome power, that are hidden from view, often in tombs, that only the wise or illuminated can find. There is inevitably evil opposition, but the true seeker who has the right motive always overcomes adversity and manages to come away in possession of the treasure. And you think of all the stories that you can think of about treasure, and those seem to be a common genre going through. So there are triggers, aren't there, which lead to the start of treasure hunts. They saw a star, they were astronomers, and that set them off on their journey. They didn't know where it was going to take them, they hadn't got a clue, but they followed it anyway, because they knew that the star meant that a king had been born. And they went on their quest to worship him and to find him. They realised they were on the biggest treasure hunt of all time. And our church quest is triggered and put in motion every year by the start of the Advent season. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's a reminder during the run-up to Christmas, like the wise men, to seek the treasure of encounter with God. And whether you consider yourself a person of faith or not, let's this morning capture the spirit of the wise men and explore their pursuit of treasure, which is a pilgrimage to worship Jesus. And let's see what we can learn from them. As in all good stories, it's a race. Indiana Jones and Lara Croft were in competition with either the Nazis or the Illuminati. Mine was a race. I only had seven months. And I wanted to use it fully. And you know what? The wise men were in a race as well. The wise men were in a race against King Herod because he wanted to find the baby king first, so he could kill him because he felt he was a threat to his throne. So they were in a real race. And during the wise men's journey and any treasure hunt, there are always loads of twists and turns and distractions, misdirections, rivalry from others who want to put you off, temptations. It's not a simple journey, is it? Any treasure hunt is not a simple journey, when we were travelling, we had our roof hatch blown off in a storm. We got stopped, stuck at the top of the highest mountain pass in Europe, which we went up by mistake, by mistake. We stuck in an avalanche. And then when we came down, it was so steep, our brakes caught fire. That was an adventure. We were lost and exhausted. But we also had unexpected treasures that we found that we'd never set out to see, places that we went by mistake that turned out to be really beautiful and people that we met that turned out to be a real blessing. We need to be determined if we're on a treasure hunt because it's not easy and you need to know what the treasure is that you're seeking. All these treasure hunts that I've mentioned involve power over life and death, even Indiana Jones and Lara Croft. They all involve eternal life in some way or another. And that was what the wise men worked out as well. Now, all great treasure hunts need clues, directions, and guides of some sort. You need a map, you need something, don't you? If you go on a treasure hunt, you need something. For Indiana Jones and Lara Croft, it's normally old artifacts, ancient maps, or legends. That's what they have as their guide. The wise men had a star, that was what they followed. For me, while I was away, it was the Lonely Planet Guide. I can say, I can recite several Lonely Planet Guides now. They were what I needed as my direction, and the Motorhome magazine came in very handy. The wise men had the star. What do we have? We have the Bible, and we have the voice of God guiding us through the Holy Spirit, John 16 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Psalm 23, he, the good shepherd, guides us in paths of righteousness. We need to learn to continually listen to the voice of truth and to allow Jesus to speak into our lives. There are loads of competing voices for our attention Voices of negativity, voices of doubt. I had a big doubt when we were on top of the mountain, stuck in an avalanche with our brakes on fire. That was a moment. That was a moment of doubt. But you know, you keep going and you break through. Otherwise, you're stuck, aren't you? Do you want to be stuck at the top of the mountain? No, thank you. So you're determined. So something in you keeps you going. And if we want to follow and find the treasure of Jesus we need to be determined and break through even in situations that seem really, really difficult. There are voices of distraction, of busyness. There are lots of voices calling us, but we need to listen and believe the voice of truth, the voice of Jesus speaking over us. Sounds really simple, Mary, doesn't it? No, it's not simple, is it? It's an art form, it's a discipline, It needs practice, it needs determination, and then you need obedience. So the wise men had got their direction from the star. But you know, I also said that treasure hunts and seeking something specific are normally of immense value and awesome power. Indiana Jones, as I said, saw eternal life from the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail. Lara Croft wanted to unlock the power of the clock of ages and the power of light, of life and of time itself. The wise men were seeking the Messiah, the King of the Jews, who also has the power to give eternal life to those who follow him. Having eternal life is a really popular theme in all these treasure hunts. And it's a pursuit that some people are obsessed with and they try to find themselves Have you heard of people freezing their bodies in the hope that medical science, centuries down the line, will be able to bring them back to life? Eternal life, for some people, and in films, is often meant as not dying, but living forever in this body on the earth. Jesus promised a different sort of power over death and eternal life. And this is often defined and understood as a spiritual existence after the death of the body. But it is so much more than that. John 17:3 says this, Now this is eternal life, that you may know him, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The treasure we have of eternal life is now, not just in heaven when we die. It is so much more than life after death. Eternal life is knowing and having a close relationship with the Father and the Son now, not just a doctrine for when we die. Whilst I've really enjoyed travelling, eternal life is the treasure that I know most of knowing Jesus. It's the bedrock. We sing the song, don't we? All I once held dear, built my life upon. All this world reveres and wars to own. All I once thought gain, I've counted less. Spent and worthless now compared to this. Knowing you, Jesus, there's no greater thing. You're my all, the best, my joy, my righteousness, and I love you, Lord. In Advent, and the hectic run up to Christmas, what treasure are you looking for? I suggest that, especially during Advent, we need to focus in on the treasure of knowing Jesus and deepen our encounter with him. Maybe revisit the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, day by day, which we read during the year. Finish strong, read it again. But then treasure is normally hidden from view, often in tombs, and only those who follow the clues find it. Coming back to Indiana Jones, and the Holy Grail, and the cup of the covenant, Ark of the Covenant, they were in the tombs at Petra. Now, I have to say, I have ridden down the gorge on a horse with my son going, yee into Petra, and it was great, only he couldn't ride a horse, and he said he could, and he galloped off into the distance, and I was going, oh no, it was a moment for a parent. It was incredible. The facades at Petra are absolutely stunning. There are camels and horses, and you gallop down the canyon. And do you know what? It isn't just the facade, there is miles and miles of it, a whole civilization built in a crack in the earth. But do you know what? I didn't find the Holy Grail there. Lara Croft in Tomb Raider found the Clock of Ages amongst piles of other stunning treasure in the tombs of Tar Prom in Cambodia. I was privileged, and I was, to be there in October, and I decided not to have a PowerPoint of all my holiday photos. I made that decision in not getting all the pictures. I decided that would be really bad and boring. But, you know, it was a stunning jungle tomb, but there was no treasure, and I did look. I looked really hard, but there was no treasure to be found there. The wise men Found the treasure they were looking for they followed the star to the house where jesus was and it says they went in and they could hardly contain themselves they were in the right place they'd arrived at the right time they entered the house and saw the child in the arms of mary his mother overcome they knelt and worshipped him is that the treasure that we want to be seeking this christmas I believe that like the wise men, we're in the right place to seek the treasure. We've arrived here today at the right time. God is speaking to us as the voice of truth, asking us to encounter Jesus again, whether it is the first or the thousandth time to worship and to hardly contain ourselves. You know, Mary Magdala also went on her own tomb raid. She did. She was a tomb raider. Early in the morning, at Easter, she went looking for the body of Jesus at the tomb. In John 20, it says, but it wasn't there. She thought other people had got there first and stolen the body. Instead, she had an encounter with angels and then with the risen Jesus. The true seeker, with the genuine motive, in all films, is the one who finds the treasure in the face of great opposition, and comes away with the priceless treasure, artifact, whatever it is. And there is always a gruesome ending for the opposition, isn't there? It's great. If we seek the treasure of knowing Jesus, we will find him. We will increase our depth of relationship with him. We will grow in his love and experience everlasting treasure. And there is a gruesome ending for the enemy. Final thought to leave with you. When you're seeking treasure, you're usually looking for something of value. But do you know what? It's always been there. It's just hidden or lost so that you can't see it. All the treasure hunts, the treasure's there, isn't it? It's been there a very long time. And you have to follow the clues to discover it. And you know, the Father has always loved you. And he's always pursued you, even when you don't love him. Even when you don't see him. His love never gives up or runs out on you. Think of young children playing hide and seek. They shut their eyes, don't they? And they go like this and they think you can't see them. How daft is that? But that's how their little brains work. I played hide-and-seek with my grandson the other week. I said, go and hide, Joanie. I don't know where they think we go or what happens. I really can't get into, I'm not a psychologist. I need to but if you think of young children playing hide-and-seek, well, they might hide behind a tree and they think you can't see them because they can't see you. You can't see them, therefore, they can't see you, and the other way around. And you know, that can be a bit like us and God. Because like little children, because we can't physically see God, maybe we think that he can't see us either. Psalm 139 says he is familiar with all of our ways. If we go to the heavens, he's there. If we make our bed in the depths, he's there. If we rise on the wings of the dawn, If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for your darkness is as light. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, wherever we are, God sees us, even before we were born. We may shut our eyes and think that he can't see us, but, you know, we're his children and he always sees us. He always knows us. He is familiar with all of our ways. And, you know, when you play hide-and-seek with kids... And if they're a little bit older and they get as far as hiding behind a tree, and then you find them and you run round around the tree, isn't there such joy in being found? It's such laughter and fun when you find little kids who play hide and seek. And there's such joy for us in being found by Jesus. The joy of being found by God is indescribable. The treasure of Advent is knowing Jesus. Maybe we're hiding. Maybe we're hoping that He won't find us. Maybe we've yet to encounter Him. Maybe we're distracted by other treasure. Maybe we're seeking, seeking and searching and digging for nuggets to know God more. It's time again during Advent to seek the treasure of knowing Jesus and experience the joy of of finding treasure in him the wise men followed the star now practically if you've got children it is a fantastic thing and I used to do it make a star not hard actually I didn't make this one someone at work did but if you've got any talent which I haven't you could make a star and then you can move it around the house the next few weeks and follow it As you get closer to your nativity scene, whether you have it on the mantelpiece or in the hall or wherever you have it, you just move your star around the house. And as it moves around the house, you can tell your kids bits of the Christmas story. You can go overboard and put tea towels on their heads and dress up like shepherds or whatever you want to do. But keep following that star, and on Christmas Day, it'll arrive over your nativity scene. And you build up excitement with your kids about travelling towards Christmas. Now, we like the wise men need to seek out the treasure of knowing Jesus. Because if we don't get to God, then invaluable treasure is lost or it can be obscured. We lose the space where we encounter His unfailing love and incredible forgiveness. We lose an eternal perspective on what's important in life and suddenly. All these things which are great become our greatest treasures. There's nothing wrong with any of these in and of their own. But if they become the treasure, then we've lost the focus, haven't we? We lose our anchor for our soul because the treasure we have is Jesus and knowing him. Band, if you could come back, please. We're going to stand and we're going to sing now. Come, now is the time to worship And there's a line in there that says, Still the greatest treasure remains for the those who gladly choose you now. And as we're singing this, I'd just love you to think about all the treasure that we have. And as we move into Advent, to focus on the treasure of knowing and finding and discovering Jesus again.